Next up, Campaign Beat, a weekly political analysis program produced by Montana Public Radio. Campaign Beat is hosted by Sally Mock and features Lee Newspaper State News Bureau Chief Holly Michaels and Rob Saldine of the University of Montana's Mansfield Center and Political Science Department. Here's Sally. Rob, we and many others thought there would be a close race in Montana's congressional primary, but we thought it would be in the Western District Democratic primary. It turns out the Western District Republican primary was the squeaker, with Ryan Zinke eking out a victory over Al Olszewski. I'm not sure anyone, least of all Zinke, thought it would be that close. Yeah, that was a big surprise, Sally. Um, on Zinke's expectations, though, there was one thing that caught my eye. You know, just a few days before the primary, there was a little bit of a tell that he was maybe a little nervous because he put up a last-minute TV ad and sent out a last-minute mailer, both of which attacked Olszewski directly, calling him dishonest, saying he exaggerated his military record. And that struck me as interesting just because for the entire primary season prior to that, Zinke basically ignored Olszewski and the other candidates and seemingly just assumed that he was going to naturally coast to the general election and uh, for that matter, coast through that as well. It wasn't crazy to think that he would because he did, after all, have all the advantages, you know, prior service in Congress, name recognition, the Trump endorsement, uh, massive fundraising advantage and so forth. Now, Dr. Al who gave him this close run, certainly does have his own base of support in the Flathead, and he'd run in the 2018 U.S. Senate primary, losing to Rosendale, in the 2020 primary for governor, losing to Gianforte. So he's not exactly an unknown candidate, but still, the narrowness of this victory has to have Zinke's campaign wondering what happened, and... You know, it's probably not just one thing. He's got quite a bit of baggage at this point. For one thing, he was basically forced to resign as interior secretary, being essentially deemed too unethical by the standards of the Trump administration. And then there are some Republicans who apparently consider him to be not conservative enough. And then there's the whole California residency matter. And there are other things of this sort. So one has to wonder, based on the results this week, whether after all of this, there is now a perception out there that's sticking, at least to some degree, that Zinke is a grifter, that he, he plays fast and loose, he cuts corners, uh, thinks the rules don't apply to him, and that this is taking hold to at least, again, some degree in the electorate, even in the Republican electorate. Well, Holly, the surprise in the Western District Democratic primary wasn't who won, but the margin of victory. Monica Trinnell easily beat Cor Newman, who had raised the most money in that race. Yeah, I think, you know, before the election, we weren't quite sure who's going to come out on top here. And we were pointing, like you just said, to those finance numbers showing that Newman was up, but Trinnell did outraise her in that last reporting period, which maybe could have indicated she was gaining momentum. And we saw Trinnell with a pretty darn decisive victory. She got 65% of the vote compared to Newman's 27% and 8% for Tom Winter. I think election night, I was watching results come in and Gallatin County came in with a pretty big margin for Trinnell and that's Cora Newman's home turf. So I think once we saw that, this race looked like it was pretty much over. It's hard without public polling and we don't really have exit polls or anything like that. So it's kind of all speculation here about why Trinnell had such a big margin. But people I've talked to are pointing to a couple of things that might explain this outcome. 
One is, you know, even though Trunell raised a bit less than Newman over the race, she spent a lot of that money on advertising matching Newman with what was up on television. And even though a lot of the times their two ads felt pretty similar, it's just clear Trunell's were hitting voters a little bit differently. There was one ad, not from the campaigns, but from a super PAC that was supporting Trunell that did feel a lot different than the others. And that one went after Newman for the time she spent out of state. And I think people I talked to after the election think that that's a message that probably worked pretty well supporting Trunell. It was also probably pretty successful in why Olszewski came so close to almost picking off Ryan Zinke. And Trunell does have a pretty solid background to be making these carpetbagger claims against Zinke in the general election. And you know, through the primary did a pretty good job of articulating why she thought she was the strongest option to run against him. And that includes stuff like she's pointed to her legal work against corporations and looking at you know her work against corruption. She's tying that to what Rob was talking about with these investigations that Zinke's been under for his time in the Trump administration. Trinnell also brought up Zinke being a consultant who's worked with oil companies. That's something that probably was a pretty popular message with Democratic primary voters who were looking for someone with a pretty well-articulated attack against Zinke. The last thing to mention is Trunell had a pretty strong ground game, you know, was kind of all over this district in the primary and then spent time showing up in places in pretty conservative parts of Montana, like Corvallis. She was at the Memorial Day parade there. And that's a place where there's not you know, a lot of Democratic voters, but being there means a lot to those voters. So I think that probably played a role as well. And then there was the snake ad. <laughs> <laughs> there was the snake ad. Rob, should Trinnell's campaign take any kind of encouragement from Zinke's close primary race? I mean, it's doubtful anyone who voted for Al Olszewski will vote for Trinnell in the general election, but maybe they won't vote at all, and that would hurt Zinke, of course. Well, right. I, I mean, I think Trinnell has to be thrilled. Not only, as, as Holly explained, did, did she win her own primary with surprising ease, but Zinke sure doesn't look as intimidating as he did Tuesday afternoon. As we discussed a minute ago, Sally, I mean, Zinke's got a lot of negatives. He offers uh, Democrats something of a target-rich environment, you might say. He underperformed on Tuesday. Now, certainly, most of those Republican voters who went with someone else this week will come home in November and support Zinke, but maybe not all of them. One could imagine, for instance, that a lot of supporters of Matt Jetty, one of the other GOP candidates who took 6% of the vote, that, uh, you know, a bunch of them could be up for grabs. And as you suggest, Sally, it's, it's very hard to imagine that many of Dr. Al's supporters would be casting ballots for Trinnell, but then again, maybe a, a slice of them decide to stay home. Well, Trinnell is already honing her message for the general election, and here's what she said on election night. As a state, this new district gives us hope because it gives us a choice between uh, purchased politicians and someone who has a proven track record of standing up to corporate greed. And I've done that and will do that. And I expect, Rob, that we're going to hear the phrase purchased politicians quite a bit in the next few months. For sure. I, I, I do think, though, coming out of this primary, big win for Trinnell, a squeaker for Zinke. It's important to not forget the advantages that Ryan Zinke still has. I rattled off a bunch of them earlier, but basically, while he's not technically the incumbent, he has all of the advantages of one. And then on top of that, you, you think about the national dynamics that are at play right now, very favorable for Republicans. Um, everything from the midterm dynamic that favors the party not controlling the White House to inflation and other concerns about the economy, right track, wrong track, polling numbers, Biden's approval rating, and so forth. Maybe the one final thing worth mentioning here that I was keeping an eye on on Tuesday, 
and that Democrats, I would think, have to be a little worried about is just the raw vote totals in each of the party's primaries. Now, the primary electorate is going to be a lot different than what we'll see in the general, and Trinnell did get about 1,000 more votes than Zinke, but if you add up all of the votes for the Republican candidates and all of the votes for the Democratic candidates, there were a lot more on the GOP side of the ledger. Well, Holly, as Rob just pointed out, voter turnout was very much in favor of Republicans uh, in the primary, and that's going to be a big, big worry for Democrats heading into the general election. So I do think, Sally, it is something you can read into how many people voted in the Democratic versus Republican ballots on this election, but I think be a bit cautious because there are things, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, there could be crossover voters or just what might draw somebody to vote one way in a primary, but differently in the general. But it is, I think, pretty interesting. And I think, you know, if you're a Democrat, it's not the best thing you've ever seen in the Western House race, the one I was following most closely, looks like about a 60-40 split, like you were saying, favoring Republicans. And that's in the district that was drawn to be more competitive. If you look back historically, we did a little bit of this over the last couple of days, in elections where Democrats did better statewide, that breakdown of ballots cast by party in the primary did look a lot better for Democrats. You know, back in 2008, you'd actually see some Democrats getting more ballots than Republicans in the primary. And that's you know, not to say that's not overcomable. You know, in the 2016 governor race, you know, there are more Republican ballots cast by, I think, about 23,000 in the primary then Democrats, and you know, we did see Democratic Governor Steve Bullock come out on top there, though, in just the comparison of Bullock and his opponent in that race. Now, Governor Greg Forte, they were pretty darn close in primary counts. You think something I'm really curious about is what turnout looks like. You know, it was pretty on par in this primary compared to what we've seen before. It's a little bit down from 2018, but that was a really major, we had a huge Senate race on the ballot that year. We're a little bit up from 2014, the last midterm before that. I think a lot of people were expecting maybe higher turnout, especially with this Western district drawing a lot of interest. And it really you know, didn't look too much different from what we've seen before there. It doesn't look like interest was higher in the West compared to the East or anything like that. But that could change in the general election. And maybe that's something Democrats are hoping just having more people vote might help them out. Lastly, Rob, Matt Rosendale easily won his primary in the Eastern District, and he will face independent Gary Buchanan and Democrat Penny Ronning. They have a mountain to climb to make that race competitive. Right. You know, I think you take all of Zinke's advantages that we discussed earlier, and they all apply for Rosendale. And then on top of that, he's just in a very Republican-friendly district. He's got his own liabilities, too, although they're of a different type than Zinke's. With Rosendale, you know, it's not so much a string of scandals and ethical questions, but more a matter of uh, some of the votes he's cast and the things he's said that at least some people would consider to be pretty extreme. So there's material to work with there. But the district's partisan makeup and the national dynamics of this cycle just make it awfully tough. And as we've discussed uh, more than once on this show, Sally, uh, the presence of both a Democratic candidate and a prominent independent risks splitting the anti-Rosendale vote. And then, of course, outside of Billings, who has heard of Penny Ronning? I imagine a lot of people were Googling her name after the primary. Right. Not a well-known candidate. Well, except for the candidates, a lot of folks will take a break from politics over the summer, and Campaign Beat will as well. We'll resume our analysis in September when the general election gets into full swing. And Holly and Rob, 
in the meantime, please have a great summer, and I'll talk to you again in the fall. Thanks, Sally. Thanks, Sally. You've been listening to Campaign Beats, a weekly political analysis program produced by Montana Public Radio. Campaign Beat features Rob Saldine of the University of Montana's Mansfield Center and Political Science Department, Lee Newspaper State News Bureau Chief Holly Michaels, and hosted by Sally Mock.